This episode of the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast is brought to you by Patreon and the Gentleman Scofflaw merchandise page. Go to gentlemanscofflaw.com. In the menu, click the support or shop links to help support the show. You are listening to the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking in this dirty little town. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder. Co-hosting with me, as per usual, is the Don, Donovan Fowler. How you doing, man? Yes, doing all right. But I, I think I scared my dog there. She, oh, like, no. saw me, like, jumping around to the theme song with the whiskey bottle and was like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's, uh, he's gone off the rails again. <laughs> he's Mr. Hyde again. She's uh, like, I'm not a service dog, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do what I can here. That'd be the worst service dog to react that way. No, I yeah. uh, I was trying to do the pogo, which I used to do in my punk days, because I grew up in the 19, late 1970s. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, what do you got uh, what are you drinking there, Donovan? Let's see. I have. Um, I'm taking. Well, the Evan Williams ran out, unfortunately. Oh no! Uh, yeah, I know. Tragedy. It's a, it's a dark day. Uh, but the good news is, is we do have plenty of a backup uh, Trader Joe's bourbon. Uh, mainly, actually, the uh, specialty Tennessee sour mash bourbon, which. I guess they can still call it a bourbon, given that it's in Tennessee. I think that's a myth that you can only call it a bourbon really? in Kentucky. But anyways, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's, good it's got kind of a yeah, it's kind of like I, it has a little bit of a tea-like flavor to it, which oh, I'm not nice. a huge fan of. But oh, you like know, it's that. all right. Well, I've got that I'm drinking here, which you might find interesting. Is I've been making this the last couple of days. Okay, it's a rum and coke. It's a, it looks like it. It's a drink <laughs> that is. Uh, cold brew coffee. Okay. Mixed with a limoncello, <laughs> uh, lacroix drink. Lacroix. Lacroix. La what kind of La is that? Lemon lacroix. It's lemon lim, limoncello, which is like a liqueur type drink that they that it's supposed to taste like. Um, huh. from Italy. Um, but the combination together, I got the idea from Highlight Coffee in Glendale. Shout out to Highlight Coffee. They're open again right now for pickup. So if you want to get some, they have a thing called a, I don't know, it's not an Arnold Palmer. It's a something Palmer, which is cold brew and lemonade. And we got these new limoncello uh, LaCroix. And this week I'm like, huh, I'm going to try that. I got some cold brew and mix it two together. It's very refreshing. And today wow. I added just a little shot of uh, of uh, Evan Williams to it, and it made for a nice little uh, combination. Refreshing that actually, combination. you know what? I, I you know, it, immediately my mind is like, ah, that's a little weird, but I, I like to keep an open mind when yeah. it comes to food and drink. And I understand, like, I'm a man who enjoys a slice of cheddar cheese on his apple pie. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that <laughs> and don't even seek to 
understand it. I get that so, little sharp, little sweet kind of combined. Yeah, exactly. You, you you get me. You get me. <laughs> There's a reason we're doing a podcast together. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know the uh, but you know, who am I then to shoot down a drink such as that? That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty refreshing. Uh, I did. I'll be looking forward to trying it one of these days. I didn't think I would like the original that J- Jack Palmer, whatever they call it. Um, and then I tried it, and then I like kind of got addicted to it, and I'm like, well, what can I do at home that's kind of similar? Um, and then I'm also smoking the, uh, this is my, uh, mystery blend, which in this pouch, oh, yeah. I just got a bunch of mystery mash of leftover pipe tobaccos <laughs> in there. That's hilarious. And, uh, keeping up with That's the, dangerous. I tried to go with, I'm, since I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, I went with, uh, uh, Magnum PI theme. So I've got yes. my, uh, my old, uh, seventies, eighties Casio and I've got yes. my billiard pipe, which is what, uh, Tom Selleck, uh, smokes when he smokes a pipe he's more known for cigars but and uh, indeed speaking of nicotine have you heard about the uh the raging debate on uh nicotine and corona no i don't i read something about vaping could be really bad for it but i don't know well here's the thing so this all got ignited well first of all the there was a lot of speculation that one of the reasons that, you know, China, well, that China was getting hit hard, which is ironic because <laughs> nowadays we don't even know how many people died in China. But at the time it was like 3000 people or whatever. But I doubt that's true. But either way, uh, they there was a lot of speculation about why China and Italy were hit so hard was because they, were, they had a lot of smokers. And uh, then just a couple of weeks ago. There was some study that came out in France that suggested that smokers may actually have an extra defense against really uh, COVID. Because I think the theory is here's the thing. I pulled up the article and it was way too long. Uh, but so I didn't get the full gist of what was being said. But it sounds like it's possible that there's something that defends against it. But then people have come out kind of in an overkill way to uh say the opposite. So just as with everything else in this, uh, in this whole crisis, there seems to be two, two, uh, you know, um, uh, two modes of opinion that yeah. are at odds. It's yeah. It's always, it's always crazy with this kind of thing, how it's like, and it's like the story is ages old as time. There's always going to be, <laughs> there's always going to be two, two sides, to everything. Yeah. But it's like my, uh, what I've been, my general kind of just kind of filter over the last couple of months is like if I see a post or a headline that's designed to make you angry or afraid, my default is to just disbelieve it right away. <laughs> that's like that's what I'm yeah. that's what I've been doing. It's just like there's got to be at least at least be like oh, I'm gonna wait for you know I'm gonna yeah. wait I'm gonna give this I'll give, give this one a couple time. of days yeah. I'll give this one a week because <laughs> most likely they're gonna come out and say the exact opposite. Keep changes. But, I yeah. mean I mean I I could see that. I wonder if there's yeah there's something to the nicotine aspect of it that like the effect on your brain and stuff. I don't know that smoke in your lungs would help you with a pulmonary type of disease, but I feel like nicotine has kind of a calming kind of effect or something. Maybe well, there's something I th- there. I think, I think the theory is, is that, you know, when you're smoking, you've got so much going on in your lungs anyways, Yeah. that there's like this extra defense that's already built in. Really? So um, it's like, it's just kind of, it becomes like a catcher's mitt. It's just toughened up to, 
There's stuff that can come into it <laughs> to a certain extent. <laughs> I, I'm not not a doctor, yeah. um, but uh, anyways, I just found I, I found that interesting. interesting. That's not that's not endorsing no. or denying, but I will say this is not medical uh, advice. We don't want YouTube to demonetize us. It did. It did incentivize me to go out and buy a couple of cigars and be like, "Well, now I have an excuse." Yeah, that's that's... other than just you know, who needs an excuse to enjoy a good stogie? Nobody. Nobody needs an excuse. Um, And uh, uh, all right, Uh, I saw this thing today or two days ago that I thought was really funny. Put in the show notes. Um, This man on Twitter um, posted this video of this entire herd of goats just basically overtaking his <laughs> suburb. Oh, boy. suburban street. Apparently a gate or something broke down, and they're just <laughs> down in this, like, suburban, like, cul-de-sac. And I don't know. Like, looking at the video, there's probably, I don't know. I there's I there's a lot there. Not, there's least, least, maybe whoa. 30, 40 of them. I don't know. There's a lot. I mean, there are a lot of. Uh, oh yeah, look at this. Jeez, <laughs> They're just that's, taking no, that's over the neighborhood. Than, that's more than forty goats. I feel like that's like a hundred. Maybe it's a hundred. Yeah. Now that's that I see army. more of them, yeah. There's a whole army of well, them. Well, I mean, where 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 the hell is this? Uh, well, this guy who posted it, uh, he's based in San Jose, so I guess mm. it's in San Jose. And uh, you can see them. They're like eating on bushes and, and their flowers and stuff. Like and the guy's like, get, the get. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> it's crazy. Jeez Louise. It's That's so, crazy. It's just so funny that there's so many of them, but they're like completely harmless. They're just an, an annoyance. <laughs> you know, like if you see uh, that much of an animal like yeah. stampeding, but they're just like these dopey yeah. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, I planted those flowers two weeks ago. Get the hell out. Uh yeah, no, I mean it's so weird. I I guess it, it's got to be goat herders, man. Yeah, I'm sleeping on the job. Yeah, what what the hell? Well, well, goat herders San, do your job. San Jose is that is that like I'm, I don't I'm terrible when it comes North. to a lot of other parts of. But is that like is that wine country? Is that where they do like? Because I know that they do a lot of cheese in California oh, I don't too. Know. Maybe so. Maybe that's where possibly. I, I mean, it, it could it, be it's wrong. Mediterranean. It's Mediterranean weather, so goats. I guess sort of makes sense. But at the same time, I could see you raising goats most places. Yeah. I know there are a lot of goats in Mexico and stuff like that. I don't know. Not a doctor, but <laughs> that is. Uh, Wild. Yeah, it's crazy to see like all the wildlife that's been sort of coming in and out of neighborhoods now that like or at least when things were really locked down. Now that people are getting back, it's like we're sort of reclaiming our environment. But there were a lot of deer and bears and all that jazz coming into places and just walking around like they own the place. (laughs) And then uh, what was the other thing? Uh, The other day I looked at this uh, article in L.A. that was talking about the – there was like a neon blue tide, like you had like neon waves really? off the coast of California. And it was all from bioluminescence, which oh, we know cool. about because we were, you know, on the uh, July go ruck that we did, the Operation, Operation Red Wings go ruck. Yeah. You were out there in the surf at night and you could see, I remember one of the ladies we were with pointed out on my hand like you could see little like kind of glowing like sea creatures crawling around on your yeah. hand those things are <laughs> yeah you put them 
when your hand was in the when you're doing the the uh, tunnel of love and your hand was in the sand, oh, you felt all tunnel. these little things hitting your hands in the sand. What was the name of the guy that we were? The the was he Chinese or what? Where was he from? Uh, Sato. The, I think he was Japanese. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. He would. He would. He would. Uh, he would do the tunnel of love which for people who don't know the tunnel of love is a wonderful little exercise where you have uh everybody gets up and sort of forms an arch with their body with their ruck on so it's extremely difficult to do and then whoever's at the end of the line crawls through the tunnel of people who are arching their bodies and you're usually you're in the sand the water's coming in and i remember somebody was like crawling through and was it sato yeah sato he he would he would just be like it's coming it's coming (laughs) and i was just like and he would lift his back up his back i had a really yeah i had a really hard time uh doing it gosh the dogs are going (laughs) it must be we must be in uh being invaded there must be goats out on the street or something (laughs) but uh basically uh yeah sato was a character he He wore like uh a button-down shirt and like slacks yeah to the go and then he had a ruck that his patch his morale patch just said 30 pounds on it (laughs) Yeah. It was just a that label. Was, yeah, he was, and then and then his pictures, uh, his Facebook pictures were like hilarious. That guy's a badass, but he was just totally in his own world. He was a badass, but he was a total unlikely <laughs> badass. He yeah. also he also was a little bit of a um a a blue falcon yeah. in the sense of uh he would not take extra weight. He, he would. He not. would he would. He, he was like the only guy who wasn't taking sandbags or whatever. You would ask him, and he'd just yeah. be like, "Oh." Uh, well, no, I, at one no. point, I kind of pressured him a little bit to take something because there was a girl that was carrying something for a long time, and I was like, Sexist. "Hey, Sato, why don't you take that?" And he goes, "He he kind of goes me," and he goes, "Okay, challenge." <laughs> he didn't speak much <laughs> English at all, and then grabbed it, kind of moving <laughs> through. Anyway, that's, that's how I'm gonna approach any any hard thing in life. <laughs> okay, now. challenge. Oh, okay, challenge. Um, uh, but, but how do we get on this? Oh yeah, bioluminescence. So apparently, yeah. I don't know. You can speak into this. So it sounds like all this stuff has been in the surf of, of Los Angeles, and now it's dying off, which is causing the whole city to stink. Really? I didn't. I haven't been out there. there. No, I haven't. I haven't experienced it here. My roommates in Hollywood said that they could smell something odd. And then I guess I guess the smell has been going in as far as Glendale. So really? uh, I should go. Okay. I did notice a weird smell the, uh, the other day. But the problem is in our neighborhood, like all of our everyone's throwing out a lot of stuff. And like the garbage is all uh, backed up. And so the, the dumpsters are open and stu- overstuffed. I figured it was oh. maybe that. Maybe it was the thing. Um and then there's other video here um, on Twitter from the unexplained, which is one of my favorite uh, uh, Twitter things to follow. Mm-hmm. And there's like an entire village picking up and carrying a house. And I'm like, that, that'd be an awesome go. go that's, some, that's, some, that's some Amish shit right there. <laughs> Do you see it? Um, wait a minute. I see. I don't see the video. Wait, the following... <laughs> Oh, the following media includes potentially sensitive content. What sensitive content? I don't know. 
Twitter. Oh, that's crazy. So. Yeah. What, what, where is this? This looks like somewhere in Asia. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but that's you know. crazy, man. Yeah. They are picking up that house. Yeah. That'd be an, that'd well, be an awesome team weight. Um, that's one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's like, guys today. The, uh, yeah, the team weight's going to be this, uh, this little, you know, moderate sized ranch in Burbank <laughs> and carry it down the 405 moderate sized yeah. uh, you know what Donovan having all this cold brew has got you know gotten things moving a little bit for me oh boy um I'm gonna uh, just sure. take Boo. a take a quick little break um and then okay. we'll be back um but I, I, I really I think, gotta do this right now I right? think we all know what happens when this when this goes on men or women this one's for you let me take a second to talk to you about GORUCK. Now, you've heard us on this show talk about their awesome endurance events, which are you know great for fitness and team building. But of course, they are known for their amazing gear. Some of the best gear in the world, actually. I myself own a GR1 rucksack for all my rucking and training. I also have one of their 30-pound uh, ruck plates, which is so convenient because I could just drop it in the laptop compartment on my bag, and I have a weighted ruck. It's super cool. But one of my all time favorite things that they offer are their sandbags. Now, if you've never trained with a sandbag, you're in for a treat. I love that you can keep it in the trunk of your car and take it to the park and you have a gym anywhere. Ever try doing sandbag man makers with 60 pounds? I mean, you get a fun and very hard training session in really quickly. Um, it's a big bag of suck in all the right ways. Now, even if you're not in the rucking, they have tons of sleek apparel for the outdoors in addition to their gear uh, that is tough as nails and built to military standards. Also, their apparel and gear offer their scars a lifetime warranty, so you buy the item once and that's it. You're set for life. But you know what the greatest thing is about GORUCK? All of it is made in the good old USA and by Special Forces veterans, mind you. It doesn't get more badass than that. That's right. America. To check out GORUCK gear, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK, and anything you buy through that link helps support the show. That's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK. Whether it's for your fitness regimen, your, you know, your outdoor lifestyle, or just, you know, a great bag for everyday carry, um, you're going to want to check them out. GORUCK, built in the USA. All right, well, we're back. I'm taking over the reins here as Jordan goes to deal with whatever he's dealing with. I think we all can relate, you know, after a weird mixture of coffee and lemonade and bourbon does terrible things to a man. Um, I didn't know this, but apparently uh, he sat up an interview. So uh, let's see. Let's see if we can get uh, the uh, murder hornet on the line. Hey. Wow, this is hey. unique. Hey, hey. Hey, hey I'm, how you doing? I'm Mo. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I would have expected you to be like a, you know, like have a name like Buzz or something like that. Mo? Mo's a little Buzz, come on. That's, that's so obvious. Why would I have a name like Buzz? You know what oh. you are? You, 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 you you're being, you're being speciesist. No pun you're, intended. You're, you're trying to make me uh, into Bean. a stereotype uh, oh, yeah. of a bee, which I am not. I am a hornet. A little bit different than a bee. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Please well, not all the same. The, please excuse the uninvited guests, by the way, who, who who wander in and out of the set. But uh, so so you're saying, I'm sorry, you're you're saying that you're a a bee and not a hornet. I am a, I am <laughs> uh -oh. in the same family uh, as a, a bee. <laughs> okay. Is that true though? Are 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 hornets and uh, and wasps? I mean, do they consider themselves 
all in the same family, or is it more of an Irish-Italian kind of, well, you know, Think of it lacking. this way, okay, right? Everybody in the United States is an American, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, melting pot, yeah, for but, sure. But uh, you may be, uh, consider yourself a... Uh, a, a Californian or a Texan or I don't know where you are right, right now. now. I'm in Kansas, you Kansas. Know, so technically so, I'm kind of havesy. You're also an American and a Can- Kansian or whatever you say, whatever you people say. That's not how you say it. Okay, well, what do you, you know, say? Uh, the, it's not. I'm not the one being interviewed here, sir. So you know, watch your tone, please. All right. Okay. Um. So I, you know, speaking of the United States, I guess now that you bring that up, uh, how is it, uh, how is it that you come to the United States, by the way? Seems like uh, oh. you're just bringing all sorts of trouble yeah, with that you. Yeah, uh, that was a stowaway situation, you know. Okay. Uh, okay. Accidentally uh, uh, got into some guy's backpack and uh, uh, me and uh, my girlfriend, you know, uh, we yeah. thought uh, we had settled down uh, in a place uh, for the night. And then, boom, we were in the United States and, uh, you know, we started a life here. And uh, I like it, but you people are so damn prejudiced here in the United States. Please. NSA on the phone. Sounds like you had a little bit of a, you know, found a little bit of a loophole entry there into, you know, the the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely, definitely uh, a loophole, but uh, I'm glad we're here now. Not not a fan of uh, all the prejudice, okay? Everybody's going calling us. There you go again with the prejudice. I mean, what what, what can can you give me some uh some examples cuz I I I got to say, I mean, I could probably, you know, cite some stuff that might be good reason for why people aren't exactly thrilled with your presence here. Okay, you tell me that uh every time you're represented in the media or a podcast or mm. on social media, that you're mm. referred to as a murder hornet. We don't like that term. Okay. As I said, it's ignorant. And Sorry. we prefer to go by uh, manslaughter bees. Okay. So, uh, Matt, go ahead and walk me through that. Uh, you know, uh, give me some... Because uh, what you do... Your job, essentially, why you why you go from place to place is, um, what do you do? You go into hives, and you okay. So behead bees. That's your thing, well, right? Well, hey, you might call it beheading. I call it feeding my family. Okay, basically. <laughs> what do you take the heads home, and you actually like, you know? Yeah, I feed it to my kids. Like, my kids gotta eat. Yikes! I basically uh, what I will do is I will. Uh, stake out by a beehive and uh-huh. when one is flying to or from the hive and I am able to uh, capture it, I will take its head clean off and then I will immediately take it uh, back to my uh, apartment where uh, my my uh, bee wife and uh, children live and I will uh, feed that bee to so uh, my children. <laughs> so, but the, here's the problem. Here's Here's the Here's the issue that I have anyways. I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm just you know, speaking for myself here. The issue I have with what you just told me is that you want to call yourself a manslaughter bee, but it seems like, uh, well, first off, let's just tackle the first part of that name. It doesn't exactly seem like you're just happening into killing these bees. It seems like it's pretty much, you know, it's, uh, it's an intent. You know, I'm not a lawyer. 
my, my, my dad is, I could bring him in on this, but you know, it seems like you have some intent to kill here and, uh, take it easy there. And one more thing is, uh, if you're a bee and you're feeding bees to your family and I assume yourself, unless you're just, you know, going off and finding something else, uh, it doesn't make, it doesn't make, uh, make you a cannibal. Yes. Yes. But, uh, you know, um, that's the problem, right? Is that uh-huh. everybody here in the United States is so sensitive. They're oh, so boy. sensitive. They're like, yeah, P- eh. PC culture, am I right? Yeah, PC culture. But- you know, you can't eat whatever you want. You can't eat meat. You can't uh, d- You can't take uh, uh, a milk from another animal. That's not right. your milk. All that stuff, right? Okay. The fact is, this is a circle of life. This is how most of the world works. We eat other things. And I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to feed my family. That's it. I'm just you, trying to uh, feed my family. But didn't you hear Marky Mark's speech in the happening? We, we need the bees. I don't think you're doing a whole, just to be fair here, the bees, you know, these are, these are productive members of society. Okay. They're, they're going around, you know, uh, what's the word pollinizing or whatever the, uh, I'm not, not a doctor. Uh, they're, they're going around gathering pollen. They make honey, right? Kind of honey I put in, in, you know, whatever. I, I don't drink tea, but you know, if I had tea, I'd tr- put honey in it. And uh, it seems like they're pretty important to the ecosystem. You, on the other hand, you're the kind of guy who stings, you know, somebody like me in the eyebrow, and the next day I'm dead. So I, I don't really see any incentive to to keep you to keep you around, uh, Mister Murder Hornet. Hey, why? What? Hey, I resent that remark. And why would I sting you in the well, eyebrow? We already made the Chiron with your name, uh, Murder Hornet. So that's that's what we got to stick uh, with. I'm sorry. All right. I mean, we, we, we prepped for this, so you, guys you know, are it's just, like that's. Uh, I want to so confuse the audience here. I think I should just go back to Japan. Is what I should do. Since I thought uh, I would find a freer society here in the United States, uh, obviously uh, that's not the case. I can't yeah, just right. go ahead and decapitate and eat all the bees I, I want mean, you know, like I honest, thought. If you want to live somewhere, there's plenty of uh, garbage islands out in the Pacific that I'm sure you could make your home at. You know, you wouldn't be bothering anybody. Really? Yeah. That actually go, sounds go, like a know, good... Go take out some flies or something, you know, out there. Just like, you know, you, you have plenty to eat out there. I need the just bees, take, though. He's got that. Got yeah, that but we dirt need the him. bees. We need the bees too. We all that's, need the bees. Yeah, I don't. I know prefer if to that's... eat them. You prefer to put the, their yeah. barf in your coffee. Yeah. Okay. Well, not all cultures are equal, as as you can as you can tell. Um, so uh, I guess you know, uh, going along the theme of society these days what what are you doing to stay safe from the coronavirus are are you keeping your family nice and tight stay safe you know what i am doing to stay safe from the coronavirus Mm. i am doing nothing i am going out and enjoying the weather and i am going to parks and i am going to my favorite restaurants you you sir are the problem i'm i'm sorry but you're you're the one going around beheading bees and spreading this thing and I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I don't mean to lose my cool like this. The but problem I think is the U.S. government trying to control oh, the bees oh, by keeping them in their uh, homes. I don't know if this is the platform. It all goes that, back to Bill Gates. You know, it's a you pandemic. Know 
Okay. You know what? I think I have, uh, you know, Alex Jones's number lying around somewhere. At least I know, you know, maybe, maybe somebody can get it for me and, you know, maybe we'll put you in touch with him. I think you may have, uh, you know, buzzed into the wrong I would like that. I would like that very much. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll, we'll, we'll be sure to, we'll, we'll do our best to hook you up. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, please, sir, just don't, don't murder any more bees. I will just, not. I not. will just continue to manslaughter. Thank you very okay. much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I got to go decapitate a bee right now and hey, uh, bring it to it. my family. But uh, do and it. I will not be wearing a mask while doing we so. Need, like Marky Mark said, we need the honey, okay? So just cool it, bro. All right. Time for a uh, complete 180. We'll be right back with uh, George Manasa from uh, Right of Manhood. Hello, gentlemen, Scofflaws. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the show. And your feedback and support is really what keeps us going and means a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you again. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you want to take your support to the next level, why not support the show on Patreon? We offer all sorts of extras on there like outtakes, extended interviews, a bonus movie podcast, and behind-the-scenes content. Better yet, we have options that start as little as a dollar a month. You pay more for that at a parking meter to go in and grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. See what I did there? If you're interested in helping support the show, please check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw or click the support link on the website. Again, that's patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. We look forward to having you as part of our team. All right. I'm excited to have this guest. Um, I was actually uh, on his uh, podcast last week. Um, he is his name is George Manasa. He's got a great podcast called The Right of Manhood. Uh, George, uh, thanks for coming on. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Yeah, all the way over in Australia, right? I mean, what time yeah, is it there for you? <laughs> it's about just uh, just went past five twenty a.m. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a crazy time difference. I always forget that you guys are in the future. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, usually I get up. My morning routine is about 5.30, 5.45, depending. The, I, I give myself a 15-minute window, and uh, it's not too bad to be up at this time. And, uh, no, I love I love doing the morning routine. It's great to be with you guys. Great to start the day with some solid gentlemen like yourselves. Um <laughs> I don't know about and a scofflaw too. <laughs> yeah, and a scofflaw yep. too. Um, yeah, I uh, I think I I don't remember if it was like last year. I we started communicating through uh, through Instagram or Twitter, and I, I I followed your content. Really enjoy your stuff. Um, let's talk for the the listeners and viewers that don't know your background. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the right of manhood and how you got started with it and why you wanted to start with that. Well, the right of manhood, basically, the story goes back to 2017 where oh, I really wanted to see men change for the better. I really wanted men to transition from being a boy into a man, hence the title, the right of manhood. I mean, if you really think about it, our fathers, our forefathers, all generations, all civilizations had the concept of becoming a man through a rite of passage. And I, I love that concept. It was just a phenomenal concept to think about that, you know, you can come up with a ritual or a certain series of tasks. Like you look at the Romans, for instance, the Romans, 
undertook uh, rigorous training and a boy roughly, at, it's debatable, but around the age of 15, he would prove himself through a series of rites and learning a series of skills, which translated into the Middle Ages as chivalry. <clears throat> and at that stage, he would then transition into being a man after a series of learning skills and then transitioning into through a rite of passage. So that really stuck with me. And I really wanted to resurrect that, that very principle, that very concept back in today's modern world with today's modern man. I mean, very similar to the the uh, renaissance how you guys are working to resurrect the renaissance god of a man i'm trying to focus more on the the rite of passage to become a man so hence the practical skills to become a man so the very uh, the very area where i wanted to contribute you know to men's development was developing a rite of passage and the rite of passage is through learning all the skills in all the areas of life gaining them and then even creating a right itself into becoming a man. So it's basically gaining practical skills to become a man. I mean, I was really disenchanted with the way, you know how politicians speak these days, you know how uh, we, we talk uh, very, uh, it's not very clear. There's no practical elements to speeches these days or instructions Well, you go to school for 12 to 13 years and it's really all about learning theory and there's no how to do anything that skills of how to tie a tie skills of how to um, lift a barbell skills of how to date all the different areas of life. They're not being passed down and they're not being done at least not practically. I mean, and that's where the right of manhood was born where I wanted to take all the skills that men should learn and translate it in a practical sense so that men could listen to my podcast and really take three practical tips for the week. I mean, we keep it short and sweet because often when you learn too much, it's hard to make resolutions and and come up and strategize. So that's really where the right of manhood in 2017 started. And then I, deve- I needed about a year to spend more time thinking about it, developing the concept, you know, because you can't just – come up with an idea and it's not genuine or authentic. So I need to think more about it, live the right of manhood myself before starting the podcast uh, <laughs> early this year. And I thought this year was a year and we took action, uh, the right to creating the right of manhood. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's funny that there, it, there's a lot of, that theme seems to be pretty common with men specifically in our generation or, or even even a little bit previously like there are uh, like our friend brett mckay over at the art of manliness that he's kind of had a similar sort of story or like we even had to a to not a lesser extent but a different extent uh joel stein like when he would found out he was going to become a uh, father he kind of like went on this journey to learn all this stuff to become a man that he'd never would never had had uh, you know experienced before with all his previous generations just had it as kind of you know not secondhand knowledge he just had it you know it was just ready at the ready um so i wonder like why that is i mean we could always kind of wax philosophical about that but like we just for some reason a lot of that stuff just got lost over the years yeah it really did i mean if you go to school for 12 to 13 years I mean, you really look at the whole curriculum. It's all about learning the maths, the sciences, the physics, the chemistry, all the theories, 
but you leave not knowing how to do your taxes. You leave yeah. not knowing how to tie a tie, not knowing how to how to do any of those real world skills that you actually need. So I was really dissatisfied with the mainstream education system because I don't really think that it's done men as a real service over the past, let's say 40 to 50 years. I mean, we've really stepped back from handing down tradition. I mean, that's something in today's modern world, nobody hands down traditions anymore. I mean, you don't really see a father. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lack of leadership on all levels from men. I mean, look at it politically, look at it socially, in schools, uh, in families sometimes. And that's where I believe we've created that gap between uh, passing what past generations taught their uh, sons and today we're not teaching or transmitting to our sons and our future generation of uh, boys to then become men. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's been thrown out of the bathwater. I think it really came from the, the you know, the social upheavals of the 60s and the 70s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sort of everything changed so drastically, so yeah. quickly. And, uh, and, and really, I think it got lost from there. Nobody handed anything down from there. It sort of got cut between the 1960s, 70s, 80s, and then now we're in 2020, we haven't sufficiently been teaching men how to become men in all aspects of life, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your physical life, whether it's your social life, in any area of life. And not only do we do that, we, a lot of the time we find theoretical answers, nice ideas, but then men have that second dimension of struggle. And that's where I'm trying to focus, where we struggle to come up with practical ways to then transmit that and even live that in our personal lives. Like it's easy to say, oh, wake up and start a morning routine. But how do I actually do that? How do I actually wake up? What, what are some strategies? What are techniques that I can actually take to incentivize myself to wake up in the morning and start my morning routine, stick to my morning routine? Because it's easy to do it when it's, it's a great you know, it feels good. You feel motivated. I have a podcast to wake up yeah. and speak with guys, but it's harder when look, it's a cold morning and uh, you don't want to get up. You don't want to do your meditation or do your prayer. Usually I wake up, I spend some time doing meditation and doing a bit of prayer. Um, and uh, do, I do my stretches. I do and then I, I usually spend time reading a little bit and then starting my, then I go down to breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like ordering my life. So that would have been possible if I didn't have the example of men in my life who were able to show me how to do things. Yeah. It's showing how to do this. It's transmitting that tradition. And that's what we need to regain, not just talk about nice ideas to become a man. Yeah. How do we actually do it? Because it's easier said than done. Yeah. And what you're talking about, too, is like, because there's this, like you said, there's this idea of like throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Obviously, there were some some good things that came out of the 60s. And but we threw out a lot of the a lot of really good things. And uh, and almost now, like if you go online or Instagram or there's this kind of like superficial kind of like where being a man has kind of become. Uh, a man in a way is become like almost like a become like a fashion item and i'm not completely comfortable with the, with that but like a little bit where it's yep. like become superficial where it's like i've got the whiskey i've got the cigar i you know i'm lifting weights or all this stuff that like 
I think I'm into and think are good things and I enjoy and stuff. But in terms of practical things, it's like there there are really some things and like that you're talking about about routines and discipline and relationships and all this this stuff that like you don't learn any of that stuff in school at all. And uh, I guess you're you're fortunate though if you do have you know family or or, or some. Uh, father figure in your life that can help pass on that stuff but um it's definitely yeah that that's that's too bad that a lot of that stuff has to be relearned or re uh, re rebuilt after years and years of people figuring that out (laughs) yeah definitely look jordan and donovan let's just put it this way any skills that i learned i didn't learn at all through the mainstream schooling system i learned it outside the system and I learned it from individuals, family, friends who were able to volunteer their time and show me, and my own father as well, yeah. by his example. It was, the, it was in this way that I learned the different skills of how to wake up, how to, um, how to treat a, a lady, how to create goals and achieve them in life and be practical about my approach and taking action with my ideas and my concepts and putting them on paper and then executing them. I mean, you really think about it. It's, it's just, it's a shame because how many other people don't have the examples of good men in their life? Yeah. How many other people, I mean, if you look at the statistics, I mean, fatherhood, uh, the quality of fatherhood has really dropped. I mean, you look at every single kind of issue in society, it can be traced back to a lack of, men being men, a lack of men, essentially. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of boys going around in uh, a man's body and we need to really take back manliness and we need to make boys men again. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I know, like, it's, it's interesting. No, you oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Darwin. Jordan. You go ahead. There's a <laughs> delay. Step on your, We've interrupted each other a lot during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> We'll fight, we'll fight about it later. Yeah. We'll, we'll duke it out. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like when you, when you talk about that, one thing that's been on my mind recently in terms of, you know, uh, kind of regaining the true essence of masculinity and, and, and what a man is supposed to be about. It's almost like these days there aren't many stakes involved with being a man as in like, there's not, it doesn't seem like there's as much on the line for young men these days. It's like, you know, you have a lot of freedom. You can go out, you can party, you can kind of live, like you said, as a boy in a man's body. But sometimes, I don't know, part of my theory recently is I think sometimes you have to kind of dive in to the, like, I like the pipe. (laughs) It increases thinking power. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome call. Uh, but, you know, part of me was wondering, it's like, I think for a lot of young men, it just takes sort of a stepping out. Like, that's sort of what a rite of passage is. It's like, actually, like, for a lot of cultures, it was like putting your life on the line or, you know, putting your freedom on the line and risking it to to actually kind of grow and gain something. And sometimes I wonder if like, you know, young men who are avoiding marriage, young men who are avoiding, you know, having children, uh, you know, perhaps taking on a legitimate uh, 
purpose in their lives. Like Mike Rowe says, it's like, don't necessarily follow your passion, follow what you think you can actually build a life with. Sometimes I wonder if that's just, if that's been the ultimate detriment to, to young men. What, what are your thoughts on that? Look, my thoughts are definitely the fact that what you said there is just absolutely right, Donovan. It's really commitment. Men are afraid of commitment. They're scared of commitment. I think that's the underlying problem. But let's then look below the surface. Men are scared of commitment because I believe they haven't transitioned correctly into manhood. They're still living adolescence. And this is the problem that I have personally with youth culture. There's nothing wrong with celebrating youth. There's nothing wrong with spending time with young people. But when it's done exclusively to the exclusion of spending time with people who are older than you and have wisdom and can teach you a lot where you don't put yourself in a bubble of just young people, this youth culture has pushed and encouraged men to stay young. I mean, this stay young culture where, you know, we don't want to grow up. We want to be at 30 years old and we want to stay in our mom's basement playing video games. Uh, we want to put off marriage. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. It is, it is funny yeah. how, how, and I'm like, even to a certain extent, like, I know a lot of this stuff, but then I realize as I as I learn and grow how much I've I like how much delayed I am in development compared to even my father or the previous generation. It's just like uh, it it's really it it definitely is a, a thing. There's a there's a reason why the the kind of man baby <laughs> stereotype exists. I like how you guys are both like wearing like dark masculine uh, colors, and then I showed up. And in, in, in the hey man, shirt hey man, you're 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 peacocking right now. You're you're like a peacock <laughs> who like you know shows his his feathers and and to to you know attract attract the mate and scare off you know the uh, the other birds. No, dude, I you know what? Actually, after I'll say this just on, on a quick side note. Speaking of the '60s, yeah. the one thing about the Hawaiian shirt that has rede- that really redeemed it in my eyes lately, other than rediscovering Magnum PI with Tom Selleck, who is, you know, I mean, that mustache, come on guys, very masculine. <laughs> um, but, uh, Brad Pitt in, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, he rocks the Hawaiian shirt and he does it really well. So sometimes it's all about just, you know, he's got to take a risk and you took a risk, Jordan. It, it <laughs> took paid a off. Risk. You look, you look fly. It's funny. Cause my wife actually really likes this, this shirt. And it was a, a costume and like not a costume, but you know, I guess it's technically a costume. I was in a, ad, an ad with uh, with Zach Anner, who was on last week, um, where we were poolside wearing these shirts, and I got to keep it after the after the, the recording of it. And it's like, oh, I saw it in my closet today. I was like, I'm going to break that out. <laughs> Here you go. Well, my first thought was, uh, what kind of vacation are you on at this moment? <laughs> it's a staycation. <laughs> Stop the isolation early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's no. actually fun here in um, here in Sydney, Australia, in the state of New South Wales, as of today, I think midnight, yeah, six hours ago, uh, they've issued that we can go from having two people in the house to about five people. Wow. <laughs> so, and so we sort of slowly lifted the restrictions because I think we nice. we, we closed the borders and um, we've pushed everybody into isolation. A lot of people working from home. So I think the numbers went down pretty quickly. But yeah. it's to do probably with the fact that we're down under. <laughs> we're away from <laughs> you guys. Yeah. And- yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. We're I think things are letting up a little bit in LA. Like there's it's it's there's like conflicting information where you hear like, oh, we're on lockdown for another three months. But right. that just means that they're 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 transitioning over three months of opening things up strategically. Um and people are, are kind of freaking out about it, but I don't know. I think it's I think it's fine for I think, now. <laughs> I think people got kind of pissed off because it's like, I mean, you know, I, I was gonna come back to LA actually. Right now I'm in Kansas City in the middle of the country. And it's it's much more free out here. Like we don't have to wear masks. I mean, unless you go to Costco, but that's you know, a given. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you can walk around, it's nice weather and all that stuff. But I was gonna come back to LA, but then when they extended it for another three months i was like what and uh, i didn't read the details so you're probably right jordan but yeah. i think people were like I, I think i think people have had enough of the the lockdown yeah. mentality well i I, I drove by the park yesterday and literally there was an entire like soccer practice where they were all out wearing jerseys had their canopy out like yeah, right. their coach <laughs> coaching like no one was wearing masks no one was breaking distancing. all the rules they were just like nice. nobody people are over it around here i think <laughs> probably in australia too <laughs> yeah exactly i mean that's it's so funny i mean humanity is all the same i mean yeah. here, right here, everybody's it's as if everyone's gone back to normal everyone's ready to go to restaurants and cafes and yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's absolutely funny. I mean, uh, I got to buying a bike finally because people stopped hoarding things. So I found it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's good. Oh, it's, it's, uh, no, it's good because, um, and a very important podcast that we shot last uh, Saturday um, with uh, Jordan, how to stay sane with your home buddies. So yeah, no, check that out. <laughs> oh yeah. That's actually was that, that's, that definitely will come in handy for, for a lot of people. Gosh, I, I gotta say like, that is kind of <laughs> one of the common themes that I see lately is, you know, obviously this isn't the craziest thing that's happened to the world. Um, you know, we've had way worse than this, but it is like it's put people on edge. Like people are, you know, feeling a little, a little uh, crazy. I think, and uh, I don't know. I think it stems from probably, you know, kind of part of w what we're talking about thematically, which is that sometimes people, I don't think, really build their lives on solid ground. I think it's kind of like a lot of people these days build it on shifting sand. And once something like this happens, it's sort of like uh, like we were talking to Tanner Guzzi the other week, who's a, uh, you know, a male fashion uh, kind of blogger. Oh, don't say fashion. And he does other he does other <laughs> stuff as well. And he's style. But he's good. He's, style. He, he is doesn't style. like That's the word it. fashion. <laughs> style. Forgive me, please. Forgive me. Tanner. He's gonna he's uh, gonna come to Kansas and yeah, punch. He's you. gonna he's gonna strangle me in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, but he's he he was he was even talking about how like he uh, he really took this time to you know re kind of calibrate and 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 almost shore up some of the cracks in his own life uh, in terms of family and manhood and stuff. Was buying his kid, you know, uh, books on you know classic Greek heroes and 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 all of that. So yeah, some really good stuff. I, I had a question. What do you think in terms of, you're probably somebody who's studied a lot of cultures. You mentioned the Romans who, you know, that's a really good example. What, you know, out of all the cultures that you've studied, as far as like rites of passage and, and, and masculinity in, in, in the past, what do you find has sort of stood out to you the most? 
What stood out to me is, look, I'm personally a fan of the classic civilizations of the, the ancient Greeks and the Romans. But if you look at it different, let's say, barbaric cultures, I mean, the barbaric cultures, um, let's even look at, let's say, hmm, this is a hard one. Now, I'm going to go back to the Romans. The Romans yeah. are one. <laughs> yeah. It's hard <laughs> to beat the Romans. Been, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it, I just have that bias. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the order. I love order. And the Romans were so ordered. And, um, I mean, they were a bit crazy at times <laughs> with their order. I mean, that to, to implement was just nuts. And right. uh, you go back to it, 15 years old. A boy was transitioned into a man. By 15 to 16, it varied the age, but around that time, a boy would have learned to fight. A boy would have learned to uh, court, which is obviously uh, interact with women. He would have learned how um, his spiritual skills, obviously the obviously worshiping the deities of the time, he would have learned social skills as well. So I look at the four aspects of life, the spiritual, the physical, the social, and let's say workmanship as well, whatever your occupation is, whatever takes up your time during the day. So, and they learned to develop that by about the age of 15. And then they would have to prove to their fellow peers through a fight or through a certain means, a rite of passage mm. to, that they are a man. So there's a pivotal point where, Hey, you've gained these skills now it's time for the ritual for you to be inducted into masculinity. And it's not as if you're inducted, you're finished, you're done and dusted. That's it. I'm a man. I don't have to do any work. That's not where it ends. That's the interesting right. part. You've just started that, hey, you've learned sufficient skills. And now let's move on. You have the rest of your life to maintain this status and to, to be a man, to continuously grow and develop yourself. I mean, it's the, the problem sometimes with the schooling system is that we're trained to think just because we get an education, just because we think we've learned everything, we develop an intellectual arrogance sometimes that, hey, I've learned everything, I've done my part, and there's no need to constantly grow on a subconscious level. And masculinity about is about constantly growing, developing yourself as a person in all the four aspects that I just mentioned, the spiritual, physical, social, and workmanship. In those four aspects of life, you have to look at how can I lead, protect, and provide. So how how can I lead in every single aspect, protect, and provide in, in principle? I mean, and then we have to proceed to making practical resolutions about how I can take action and actually implement in my life. And not only that, the interesting part is maintaining, <laughs> maintaining that. Is it a wake up five yeah. thirty? morning and get your morning and evening routine in place <laughs> but it's hard to keep it up to date consistently yeah, right. every day at this certain time and uh and and keep it up for years and years to come i look at the next 30 years what can my let's say eating plan be for the next 30 years to stay healthy in shape what can i do for the next 30 years i mean mm -hmm. the problem is consistency people have problems with really sticking it out it's not about just sticking it out. You have to know your why and, uh, and to be consistent in living 
your masculine life. I mean, that's just what's really stood out to me. The Roman culture and the Greeks, also the Spartans as well. I think they were a little yeah. bit hard. They throw out somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah they, their, di- their diet wasn't great either. I remember looking at like what they ate and I was just like, oh, damn, this is, uh, <laughs> this is not, this is not necessarily to do how I would have yeah, let, yeah, life life with the Spartans would have been uh would would have been tough. It would have been a, a a really tough ride, but you probably would have gotten you know a lot of uh you know honor and purpose out of it. That no, I mean that. <laughs> what what what'd you say? That would have thrown me out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Good enough. Get out of here. They, they would have looked at my crooked pinkies and been like, "Nope, that guy can't uh, can't hold a shield." <laughs> um, no, but uh, but you know, it's funny. It's like uh, what you were saying about like consistency and everything. I remember as a kid, and and even you know, I fall into this trap in adulthood. I always think of you know my development as like that training montage in a movie. Like where, you know, somebody wakes up in the morning and they go running and then they're, you know, shadow boxing and, you know, whatever, lifting logs like Rocky four. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Rocky nice to think four. about, <laughs> you know, Out I have a tiger. all the Rockies to pick from. It's so funny. What, what are you talking about? Rocky four is like the most iconic montage ever. What are you talking no, I, about? I know. It's, just, it's just funny. <laughs> that you, that you, you beat the Soviet union in that one, Jordan. Come yeah, on. True. I mean, it, but, uh, but anyways, like it's, it's funny. Cause it's like, it's such a romantic idea to improve yourself over such a short period of time. Like you said, like do the thing and wake up early, but you're right. Like the, the, uh, the real substance of it is in the doing of, of constantly doing it. And that's the hard thing. I mean, that's like that's, for a week and keep motivated for a week. And it's, it, it would be about sticking it out, but like, being a man, being consistent in all the areas of your life is not just about sticking something out and pushing yourself. It's about being consistent. It's about making it your way of life. I mean, I think Christianity has a good principle uh, in the word becomes flesh. So where the idea, the principle needs to become flesh, needs to become part of you, who you are and it needs to be embedded in you that I want to wake up. I want to be this virtuous person, hence virtus, which the Romans in the um, in the Latin text, um, in, the, in the Latin context specifically that, and then it's translated into virtue. So virtus mm. became virtue. So a man's basically virtue in all the aspects of life consistently. And so it needs to become a part of you. That's where it's important to know your why. Why do I do something? And that's the importance, I believe, of meditation, of constantly every day, think about who you want to be, waking up, living the life that you want to live and transitioning into that. And the problem with contemporary motivation, men's motivation, <laughs> I'm sure you guys have come across a lot of that, yeah. you know, where <laughs> you can't even go through a YouTube video today without yeah. seeing some person trying to sell you a course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A course yeah. is one uh, <laughs> I'll teach you how to get from A to B overnight, quick strategy, quick fix. Right. Yeah. Nice ideas. And it's uh it's good. There's always vested interests. I'm always weary of people with vested interests. Someone that's getting paid to motivate you sometimes can sometimes work to your detriment because they have an interest to make business mm-hmm. from you. And you need to make sure that you eliminate any vested interest as much as possible from the other end where someone's willing to mentor you um, 
to become a man. And I believe in mentorship. That's just another thing mm. to talk about. Yeah. That mentorship is is vital. A lot of people don't want to be told by somebody older and more wiser how to transition into a man. I mean, the perfect mentor is your father. But for a lot of people, I mean, today, they've grown up in fatherless homes. They don't have their father around. Or sometimes your father may not be the most perfect figure for you to learn from. And hopefully, and but the father is the most important mentor, obviously, to mentor you, uh, mentor you to manhood. But sometimes you can find other male figures in your life that you can speak to and they can guide you to become a man and stay consistently growing in, in your in your man life, basically. So I think it really gets it got thrown out with the with the baby out of the bathwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 70s. I mean, really, the, just the, the the concept of mentorship. What I've really noticed is the fact that schools have less and less, at least here in Australia, I don't know about the States, we have less and less male teachers. I don't know if that's an issue for you guys. Hmm. I grew up in Canada, and it was rare that we had male teachers, at least in in like uh, what we in elementary school and middle yeah. school, and then in high school maybe one or two, but it was mostly mostly women from what I remember. It it was it, it was a minority with me, except actually good good uh, question because I I went to elementary school. I went uh, you know eighth grade. It was mostly female teachers. Then I went to an all boys high school, and that I think it was it actually flipped. And it was more male teachers who were who were teaching us, and that that was actually a huge. That was sort of a time of rite of passage for me, because um, you know I was around other yeah. guys, and uh, and I felt like there was just a big difference, at least in the way that the male teachers treated us. Uh, it was it was much more of sort of a. It was kind of almost a mentorship uh, principle, where you you looked up to them, and you were kind of trying to see what information can I get from this person, and. I think that came from the age that we were at, given that we were in adolescence and moving into manhood. But also, I think that the all male environment definitely uh, affected that as well. So that's a good point. Yeah. The, yeah. Right, go ahead. One of one of the things that uh, talking about different cultures and the rights and stuff that they have, I want. I think I'm when I have kids, I'm going to put them through this. Whatever that culture is, where you, to become a man, you have to put your hand in the glove full of uh of ants <laughs> fire ants oh, do you know no. what i'm talking about have you seen that, <laughs> saying that. <laughs> oh gosh oh, man. it's really crazy there's I, there's some man you put them up here yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was there's videos online from like discovery channel or something or some some tribe i don't know where where it is but you have to put it basically it looks like this giant catcher's mitt and it's just filled filled with these horrible stinging ants and you have to put your hand in there and hold it for a certain number of time <laughs> a certain amount of time yeah was that the right was that the last rite of passage that they complete yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody left the tribe after yeah. that the kids like, were like no. hey we're out we're yeah. so was the fittest to jeez <laughs> yeah. like, i heard about this heard about this podcast over in australia i think i think it's more my speed <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but it's cool what you said too like motivation it's like i was listening to uh david goggins's uh book um and he he talks about motivation being cheap like it's like it, it'll get you out of bed maybe one or two days but 
you know, the, you, you start to become dif- disciplined when you don't have motivation. You do it, even if you don't want to, until it becomes part of you. And that's exactly what you were talking about. It's a great book for anybody who uh, hasn't uh, read it or listened to the audio book. It's, uh, it's intense. <laughs> I, agree yeah, that, I agree with that element. One yeah. of the elements there that you just said there, yeah. that it's important to long term. Yeah. Stays, you won't feel motivated. Who's motivated? Yeah. Six days a week. Nobody's motivated to get up in the morning six days. There's maybe that one or two days you have something on, there's something really exciting during the day that you have to get up to. But most days, on a practical, everyday level, and here, the right man who would like to strategize with three practical tips each week to give men to strategize and then go and and take out your journal, take out your notebook, speak to your mentor, start strategizing about how we can actually put it into effect because it's easy to read about things, easy to get motivated, you know, take that course, listen to the, the I mean, they pump up that nice music in the background. They mm. say, you are amazing. You are. <laughs> and walk across some coals. <laughs> yeah. And they show you those videos, but really, the reality lies in knowing your why and understanding, convincing yourself and having, and that's where meditation comes in, where you have to sit down and say, look, I have five pounds to lose. You guys use pounds. We use kilograms here in Australia. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to lose kilograms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, pounds. I like pounds, but I wish we could switch them that way. <laughs> like things. Yeah. But the reality is that you have to convince yourself of the why. Why do I need to lose this? You need to meditate on uh, the importance of why, how you, how your life will change after losing those five, let's say, let's keep it pounds, <laughs> five <Yeah>. pounds. <laughs> five pounds and be convinced of that and constantly remind yourself every day. Now to, to ignite the flame of you taking action in a particular area and starting a rite of passage on a particular area of your life, motivation can help. You can really watching that video, getting inspired, getting motivated, and even having that guilt I call good and just guilt about, Hey, look, I've been eating bad. I haven't been exercising. I haven't been, you know, let's say, uh, treating my relationship the best and I could be a better boyfriend, I could be a better husband, a spouse, I could be a better father, I could spend more time with my family. Having that good guilt and then being inspired initially is a good thing. It gets you say it's like a little ignition. Mm-hmm. But you can't keep the ignition, you're relying on the ignition for the flame. You have to have kerosene or whatever you guys use in the states <laughs> no we still use kerosene. <laughs> we still use kerosene we haven't we haven't found that magic uh that we haven't moved on to nuclear power just yet with our grills <laughs> or our barbecues plenty of uh, uranium no problem yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. uranium rich <laughs> exactly oh, so, no, it's, it's using motivation as an ignition. I mean, sure, we have to be motivated and see the benefits. We're, we are human creatures. And sometimes you've got to fool your mind a little bit to start, you know, that little bit of fooling your mind. And then really, but the underlying long-term strategy is that you get initial uh, motivation through a video, through going to a seminar, going to a talk, speaking to somebody. But then you tame that motivation 
and allow it to mature through sitting down saying, okay, I understand that this is nice that I'm inspired. Let's sit down and strategize practically with few but good resolutions and, and how, what I can do and, and always convince us of why and meditate why on, on my journey I'm doing this to keep yourself mature and not to just take those emotions and just put yourself through an emotional roller coaster. Oh, I feel motivated today. Oh, I don't feel motivated today. Yeah. Motivation initially, but you allow that to mature. Let's sit down. Let's actually talk about how we're going to actually do this. Let's be real. Yeah. I think it's just reality. I think sometimes with a lot, with the excess social media, with excess movies, Hollywood, all those kinds of different areas, I mean, that distract us. I mean, we sometimes don't have a grip on reality anymore. Yeah. I think that, that that's a big issue I've noticed. I don't know about you guys and your thought about that, but what do you think about, yeah, the fact that we're, we're taken out of reality a lot of the time? For sure. I mean, it's 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 almost more like it's more so with stuff like social media and stuff too, because you're constantly yeah. living in either everyone's best version of reality or yeah. in just a completely you know falsified um, well, <laughs> version. That of was also that that was also a point that I was going to make. I, I kind of had this thought flash through my mind earlier, which was when when you were talking about kind of the hard skills of being a man, like you know when men were growing up, they were passed down to the, these things that they just, that they would almost kind of, uh, it would become part of them. I feel like today it's, it's difficult for some to grasp that concept because we're dealing with like things like the internet, which is a great tool, but it's all, it's infinite, you know, like the, the knowledge just seems infinite and the, you know, you know, there's always, you're always seeing kind of what's better on social media, or you're always, you have the, the capacity to just learn something kind of instantly. There's so much instant gratification that's found there. So you don't really have the incentive to actually invest in the tools that are more solid and that are going to to help you in life. I don't know if that got away from what we were originally talking about, but that was sort of, there is, there is a sense of sort of, I think a detachment from reality in the sense of like when that internet goes away or when like power goes away or whatever you're using to sort of prop up your life, yeah. you're going to, reality is going to come fast. You know, mm -hmm. like you're going to have to find shelter. You're going to have to find food. You're going to have to find water. I think that's what a lot of people have even thought about with this crisis. And, uh, yeah, so so it's a question of like, can you kind of stand up to that test? That is absolutely true. I mean, that was well said, Donovan. And that that's very very true. What you said is very very important. That a lot of people, as you said earlier, are building themselves on sand. They're not mm -hmm. building themselves on solid rock. In what's important in life and in reality, and especially social media does a great disservice in the sense that we, we're conditioned somehow socially to just post about our best self and show our best image. It's sort of like we're marketing ourselves personally. There's no, there's no expression, hey, the negative stuff. I mean, go through anyone's Instagram, any of your friends, any, anyone, business, personal, 
Will you find a post that ever really speaks about, hey, look, I failed in this area. Hey, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. all about painting this perfect picture that you're absolutely perfect and you got to prove yourself. It's sort of like, you know, you see somebody from your old high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would <laughs> Think about that. You guys have probably um, encountered people from your old high school and it's always about, oh, how can I get my best perception that, hey, I've, I've become this great <laughs> podcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like, yeah. What I like is most of my friends from high school, like, are still total trolls, and so it doesn't matter what I post. They remember that I was that you know that dorky little kid in high school that was in in uh, in theater and in the in the <laughs> the, the Christian youth group and all, all the all the things that they thought of me they're like they're like they just keep calling me on it all the time which is it's probably good to be be humbled like, like that all the time keep keep you honest L- little you know, punk that's, kid that's what we call with the yeah. big horn rim glasses and the and the the puka shell necklace like that that was me so that, they'll always remind had, me of that <laughs> i just had an interesting thought just now yeah. i mean and let's tap into that a little bit yeah. humility yeah mm. humility men and humility what are your thoughts guys when i say men and humility <laughs> together <laughs> well i mean i i it's funny that because i've done a lot of um of of kind of research and stuff in the last few years on leadership um especially like i i had a job where i was in a role of leadership and was just trying to learn how to be a better leader and you see that constantly the idea of humility or being real as as a quality of 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 being a good leader which i think is also like i think men are leaders not that women can't be leaders but i think that that's a quality of be of of manliness as being a good leader and <clears throat> i think that um humility is not only keeps you grounded in in a way of of uh, of not getting ahead of yourself or getting too full of yourself, but it also creates that it establishes that trust between in relationships, where if people know that that there's some sort of human aspect to you and uh, you're able to humble yourself and admit faults, um, and then not just like admit faults and not do anything about them, but 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 you're still trying to grow and you're on this journey. I think that's an important part of, of manliness that not a lot of people seem to learn these days. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I I'd say that well, you know, when it comes to to mind when I when I think of men and humility, I, I agree with Jordan and I would just say that like, you know, it's it's admitting fault, but it's also realizing when you don't have what you need or when you may need help or when mm-hmm. you uh you, you know, you may be insufficient in your own right. And you can, you know, like you said, it's like humility is, is realizing, Hey, I don't know everything. Uh, you know, I'm young, whatever, or I'm, I'm inexperienced. So who can I learn from? Like, who can I humble myself and go to and say, Hey, I want to learn from you, whether it be your father, whether it be, you know, your neighbor or uh, a friend, you know, who's a peer, and uh, I think that that builds a lot of strength of character. And I think too much hum- humility is, is, can, be, uh, can be a bad thing. And so, like if you're constantly, you know, apologizing or taking responsibility for things that don't really have anything to do with you or, uh, you know, maybe uh, your extreme ownership goes a little bit too far in the sense of like you're, you're, you don't even think about uh, 
whether or not it was your fault, you just take the the fall. That you can your be extreme a bad extreme thing. Can, ownership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But uh, actually, yeah, pride. Yeah, it would be pride, and I, I think that's false humility, and that's yeah. actually it goes into pride because you know we all because there's that sure we don't want to be humble, but when we are humble, we want to exalt ourselves that we are being humble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We want to show how, look how humble I am. Yeah. And uh, sure, I'll take all the faults on myself. We have that other side of ourselves that kicks in yeah. and tells us, right. hey, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're a really humble guy. And, uh, <laughs> and that has switched from being humility. It disguises humility. It becomes pride. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. It's super difficult to strike that balance. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, it's especially in the days of social media where everybody, you know, you know that somebody's always watching, like, you know, that, you know, it's, it's hard enough to post anything for me anyways, without yeah. questioning why I'm doing it. Like, do I really even need to be doing this? You know, like, what's my motive here? Is it okay? You know, it, it just, it's it's a practice like like you're talking earlier it's a discipline to to really meditate on and to 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 pray about to ask for the grace of humility because i i i do believe that that's really important exactly and you know what's actually interesting is the fact that we can sometimes yeah as men really bypass humility like it's it's sort of there like we always want to be right yep about everything and sometimes it's hard to drop our pride and look humility is really where it stings where somebody corrects you or gives you constructive criticism and accepting that and accepting that hey i'm not perfect and uh, i need the help and i need to always improve myself and that's that's part of the journey of growing as a man that we're not perfect and it's about mastering yourself who is not perfect i mean if you were perfect what would you need a master nothing yeah. i mean we're not. So the fact that we have faults is the drive and the uh, uh, is the drive of life. I mean, that's what I believe. Yeah. So it's definitely very interesting. I mean, it's a powerful stuff we're discussing here. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it just the worst too when you think like I think everybody's been here, but like you kind of think like, oh, I've come so far, you know, I've I've gotten so much better and all this stuff, and you know, you you you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you know, wh- whether it's actually or metaphorically and you're just thinking i'm so much more of a better person and then you're humbled by some experience whether it's you lose your cool like you know uh, you know staying with family like i've lost my temper on occasion and i just you know have to retreat and kind of say oh why'd i do that <laughs> you know like i i thought i was i thought i was better than that you know but that's i think what you're saying is like it's the the true man is the man who can who can sort of stumble that way but pick himself up and say, okay, it's time to obviously self-improvement doesn't just stop. It's an everyday thing. It's like, you're always, you know, everybody's human. Like we always have to, to continue looking at ourselves, but it's, it's every day. Look, Donovan, you said something before very important, which is hard to get that balance as men with humility, with shifting and, and things come and go and they disguise themselves as, as let's say achievements or, or real humility, but they are actually the opposite thoughts, um, uh, mindsets that come to us. And that's the importance that once let's say reach age of 15, a certain age or 20 to, for me, it was 21 years old and you, and you consider yourself at least officially a man and you, you set yourself up for success in mindset, 
you got to constantly be working at it. You always got to recognize that, hey, am I being too prideful here? And that's the importance of having what's called often an interior life, uh, uh, always being in check with your emotions, your thoughts, always meditating, being alone. And that's something else that's probably mm. interesting. A lot of people are scared to be alone. It's as if like, this this crisis personally, I mean, this is not <laughs> me being uh, falsely humble, but hasn't personally affected me. Maybe because I, I, I don't know, I, I like spending time alone and with people balanced. Um, maybe I get to work at the office a little bit, but you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, being isolated a little bit. And we spoke about that in podcast on the right of manhood with Jordan. And uh, a lot of people are actually scared once they're taken away, their phone is taken away, their, their friends are taken away, or let's say their friends or somebody, their family's there. There's that awkward silence either with yourself or with somebody there that you haven't really connected with. I mean, people are just scared, scared of silence, especially men. Um, they're scared to sit by themselves. Why? What are they going to discover? Something new about themselves? That's why people are scared. I think there's underlying insecurity there sometimes for men because they don't recognize that they have an insecurity or something that's bugging them that they need to improve. I mean, I think the underlying problem is that they haven't, they're not comfortable in their shoes as a man or who's in who they are as in who they want to aspire to be as a man. But silence really speaks to you because, uh, and this is the conventional wisdom of, uh, of let's say you, you look at monks, you look at hermits in the deserts, um, you know, in the, in the first couple of centuries, you look at them and I've read some of their stuff. I mean, it's pretty interesting. Once you go into a desert, they, they often say that you're facing yourself. Mm. It's pretty interesting because you have nobody around you. It's complete silence. There's no one to bounce off apart from yourself. And that's the importance of growing as a man is that you're able to face yourself. <laughs> it's easier yeah. to face other people sometimes yeah. sometimes it's hard but it's sometimes easy i mean to speak to people but it's harder to face yourself interiorly and really think about who you are what you are uh what you want to be how did i react in this situation it's sort of like a recharge mode so it's it's important i think for men to keep in check by on a weekly level spending mm-hmm. about 30 40 minutes to an hour going away spent being by yourself and reflecting that's very important. And taking a journal and reflecting on your thoughts, your week, and reviewing yourself always. And you should always be in conversation, let's say, with yourself interiorly. I think it's very important. It's something that really gets overlooked. And people get very uncomfortable as well. Yeah. Well, it's so easy nowadays to fill in the, the, the blank space with, you know, stuff to do with whether it's binge watching stuff on Netflix or scrolling through Instagram or whatever it is. You could read keep reading on on the internet but that podcasts. is podcast yeah all this stuff <laughs> the stuff we're being part of the problem no but uh yeah it's just that's that's a that's one thing like for me i've i've never had i've never really struggled with being alone like i do enjoy that but i do know people that don't and everybody's built differently i have other other things i don't like to do which is be sometimes just being social meeting new people and stuff like i just i'm a person that like when a social setting i feel like i need to be on and there's like an anxiety and security that comes with that um here, here we go i'm being i'm being i'm being humble i'm exposing how, <laughs> how much of a of a nerd i am but um there's this thing that I actually well, my small group leader uh at, at our church uh 
last year, like there was someone that's been really helpful in my prayer and meditation thing is that at the end of the day, you kind of ask and it, you know, if you, if you're, you have a faith or you're a Christian or whatever, you could, you know, prayer is the way I do this, but you could also do this as a meditation exercise is asking God to reveal to you three things you did right that day. And then three things you did wrong that day and reflect on how to improve it. And you think like it's, 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 it, it gives, it keeps you humble, but it also makes you realize, you know, okay, there are these, I do have some good qualities. I've done these things. I've made improvements and here are the air, here are my blind spots and, and constantly keeping yourself humble that way and, and facing yourself in, a, in that sense. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think this is where the brighter manhood really comes alive that, Hey, once we really find those things, what do we do with them? Do we, do we meditate on them and stay meditating or do we, get the pen and paper, sit with the person and come up with practical ways. It's actually hard. This is the harder part of taking action as a man. It's easy to sit down, read nice articles about being a man, think about the idea, chopping wood. <laughs> I love chopping wood. <laughs> now he is, so it's extreme. It's, I think it's about three degrees, uh, four degrees outside. It feels like that at least, but it's probably it's under 10 at the moment. It's getting colder and colder as you go through the Western Sydney oh, mountains. Wow. But wow. It's, um, yeah, no, we're in winter. Like, I mean, these concepts are good, but it's really about sitting down, strategizing how can I practically, knowing myself, and this is the, always being in check with yourself that, hey, you know, I like uh, binging on donuts. <laughs> binging on donuts at 10.30 at, 10:30 at night, right before I go to sleep. And look at your faults, look at yourself and customizing your approach to your situation yourself. I mean, it's it's good to sometimes even on my podcast, I give practical advice, very practical. We talk about the concept, we digest it, we understand it, and then we proceed to come up with three very practical resolutions and tips that you can then go, but then you'll then have to do a little bit of work. I mean, we don't do the work for you. We help you <coughs> very practically. Excuse me. That's all right. I want to give uh, you some water, but I know I can't hand it through the screen. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets so cold. Um, yeah, yeah, just early morning. But yeah, it's the it's the first two week transition of yeah. winter yeah. now. But it feels like winter. But what's really important is that we give you three practical well thought. We speak to we have our we have psychologists, uh, people that are very active in the world. And uh, we come with three practical solutions and tips for you to practically, but then you got to sit down and do your part and think, okay, well, this, this uh, tip here may not work for me as well. I need to adjust it. And that's part of always keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. This is another problem, I believe, with the schooling system is that it conditions people to think in a narrow way where we think, okay, well, I got to learn everything from a classroom. I got to accept everything that the television tells me. I have to, if someone gives me a piece of advice, I have to listen to every little bit of it like it's gospel. Always thinking for yourself. Even if you receive advice, advice needs to be filtered through the lens of your common sense and your humility that you may have to adapt to your situation. That's what I believe. 
and being a free, I'm a big advocate of free thinking. And free thinking isn't just, you know, do whatever you want, you know, <laughs> sort of uh, this free mentality. It's actually using your brain and questioning things and not just agreeing with something at face value, always thinking about it, engaging in it. There may be elements of truth in, let's say, somebody, something somebody said, and there may be things that you uh, agree with or you don't agree, always thinking, always getting your mind thinking instead of just blindly accepting things. I think men have done that. And, you know, a lot of the media's perception about men, I want to talk a little bit about that, is that, you know, we're, we're often that the patriarchy itself and men in society are just uh, need to, <clears throat> I don't know how to describe it. It's pretty hard. Maybe you guys can help me. <laughs> the perception about men yeah. in our modern culture, I mean, that you guys find, at least in the States. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk about over the last, you know, four years, it's hard to believe it's been that long, but like over the last four years, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, throwing about the term toxic masculinity um, and like, you know, referring to like the patriarchy, you know, as, as sort of this all encompassing entity that uh, is somehow, you know, very negative. Um, and I feel like that's taken its toll because it doesn't encourage men to actually embrace the positivity of masculinity it it only focuses on the negative and and oftentimes leads to uh even the negative and the positive being mixed about you know kind of that way so that's that's how i that's what i've seen regarding those things here in the united states yeah there's almost to like a reaction to it too where it's like there's there's this kind of there's been this negative portrayal of 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 men in 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 media and culture and stuff and i'm not trying to say that like in a victim way because i don't like this like some of this the men's rights activist stuff like i'm like uh, just suck it up man <laughs> like that's kind of how i feel about it all but um yeah. but there's also this like reaction to like this this extreme reaction to like we talk about like the hyper masculine idea like i'm just gonna whatever i want to do kind of thing and like i'm a man like th that that character of of a man and and it, and it's there's definitely this idea of like they've thrown out the baby with the bathwater with that character as opposed to the, the 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 things the qualities that that are important in manliness and 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 uh and and kind of taking care of culture and stuff has just kind of been thrown out um i don't know like i feel like a lot of that stuff is the the patriarchy idea comes from this idea like it's you're still like reducing the idea to a stereotype and then you're accusing everybody of being that stereotype like it's like a weird it's a weird thing it's i don't know i think uh, if you what you guys just said there catalyzed with the fact that a lot of a lot of men unfortunately aren't free thinkers where they they just you know nod to the television not to society and uh, they just accept stereotypes and perceptions at surface level that are very superficial. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, is the recipe for chaos. I mean, then you look at the, the right wing activists and you look yeah. at the left wing activists, it's just the pendulum swinging to the left and right. to the 
Yeah. I mean, it's just confusion, whether it's uh, people trying to defend, you know, masculinity, but they throw the baby out of the bathwater. And then you have to the left, you know, you have the men uh, accepting the f- false feminism, I like to call, because it's yeah. it's not really – a lot of – most women don't identify with the, the so-called feminism that's often right. in our culture uh, where, you know, we want to tear men down women need to take over everything just because they're women. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, you become a, it's not like, you know, you become a politician just because I'm a man, I'm running, just be given a chance. I mean, it's actually degrading. Firstly, if you think about to women, it's just saying, oh, you're sort of, uh, you're disadvantaged. So we're just going to elect you just because you're a woman. Isn't that disrespectful to the great women that in great roles who can actually prove themselves? I mean, it's to the left and to the right. It, all these stereotypes, right? I think we have to go back to basics. What is a man? A man is a virtue. In those four aspects of spiritual, physical, social, and workmanship, and we have to be that without tearing women down. I know there are. I know sometimes we can get angry or emotional about how men have been torn down in society, and that there's been a great feminization of things. But we have to go, we have to isolate ourselves from that and really think objectively and clearly that we're not here to tear anybody down. I mean, women are probably one of the are, are probably the most greatest inspiration for men becoming men. I mean, if you think yeah. it wasn't for your mother a lot of the time, how could you become the man that you are today? Yeah. I mean, it's radically important. And women can't be strong, independent women without, let's say, their fathers, uh, uh, brothers. I mean, male <laughs> women. We're not the same, but yeah. we're complementary for each other. I mean, yeah. how hard is it to get that? I mean, really, yeah. it's just beautiful it's, thing. I think most people are waking up to it. Most people in society today, they're fed up with the often political correctness. People are just fed up with that. And people know whether, and so what you see in, in the mainstream television and the media isn't reality. Again, this comes back to reality. There is no reality in a lot of what they say and what they portray. I think most people, majority of people, women, don't identify with false feminism. And a lot of men don't identify with that false masculinity, patriarchy, it's out, and both out to tear each other apart. But I think a lot of people are waking up to the reality that we're complementary. They're going back to basics and people are recognizing <clears throat> the devastation of all these political factions that, yeah. hey, let's just get back to basics, be a man, be a woman, and change our culture and our world for the better for both of each other. I mean, why why do you want to become a man? You look at the purpose in our human nature. It's to be that father. And how do you become that father without that wife, without yeah. without your mother, without those people around you, whether they're a male or a female? You're there for other people. That's essentially that sense of giving, that sense of sacrifice. That was always embedded in most cultures, the ancient Greeks, the Romans, all tribal civilizations. And it's it's radical that we're there for the other. That's the whole point of things. I mean, our human anatomy speaks for itself. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sometimes a little too loudly. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's. it's funny that you, um, the idea that like there's this whole idea of identity politics um, where there's everybody has an identity and it's important to have your identity and be very specific and all this stuff. But then when it comes to gender, it's like, we're all the same. There's no difference. Like, so it's, it's, there's a weird, we live in a weird time where it's like, 
things are where people think things are true for one thing, but no, 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 not in this way. That, that don't get don't get yeah. it mixed up over here. Uh, it's just a it's a weird time. Like it's, I don't see why. It, it's, yeah, yeah, saying that as like there's this. And I'm probably gonna get crap for this, but like men and women are equal. There's equality, but there's also they're, they're like you said they're complementary. They're not the same, and the reason why it's better is because they're not the same because it's like rocky said she got gaps i got gaps together we fill gaps there's like like that's that that's the most basic the basic uh you know idea of human existence i mean uh what are you what are you gonna get crap for um i'm still waiting oh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) just 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 common sense you know yeah oh oh yeah oh that's what you speak of that men and women are complementary that's what you get Oh, oh man! In the name of science, in the name of yeah. science, yeah, it, it's crazy. But anyway, well, we've talked a lot. Uh, uh, but where if people want to find you, George, and uh, and you know, get some more practical wisdom, where can they go for that? If you want to find me, you can find me on any podcast platform. So the Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, we're on every single one, but you can access our podcast blog and our e-commerce store on www.theridermanhood.com. That is www.theridermanhood.com. And we'll be happy to take, if you have any questions you want to email me, uh, you can send it through to me personally, and I'll personally get in contact with you and answer your questions or inquiries. And that is on um, theridermanhood at gmail.com, theridermanhood at gmail.com. If you have any uh, inquiries, we're just happy to take it. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. Um, we'll have to yeah, have man. you back on again. We'll talk about some other subjects. And uh, Absolutely. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. We'll close out the – we'll go to a quick break and we'll close out the show. This part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving, makers of the most excellent aftershaves, shaving soaps, and all things traditional man. One of my favorite products of theirs are their aftershaves. Phoenix Shaving intentionally blurs the lines between traditional aftershave and classic cologne. Each batch of aftershave cologne is created by using traditional perfuming methods, giving the wearer a high dose of quality skin food matched by the staying power of berry white. Now I tell you this stuff is amazing. It'll it'll make your skin feel great after a shave and the alum and menthol just removes all irritation and razor bumps. Um, they have classic barber scents and even more creative soap and aftershave fragrances. Like my favorite is the tombstone scent. It smells like leather, tobacco, and gunpowder. Pretty unique. So ditch those vials of chemicals you buy at the drugstore every month and grab some artisan soap and aftershaves from Phoenix Shaving. Go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave to help support the show and get some fantastic manly grooming products. Phoenix Shaving. Shaving outside the box. All right. Um, yeah, glad to have George on. He's yeah, that was great. Good guy. He's a really chill guy. I like him a lot. Really chill. I, I always love Aussies. They're they're the best. Yeah. I think it's the first yeah. Aussie we've had, right? We haven't had we've had English. We've had Aussie. Have we had any anybody any who's other the, who's the English guy that we had? Uh uh Dr. Rowan from uh from Oh yeah, 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 London. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Proper Brit. Of... Um no, I think he is the first Aussie we've had. Yeah. That's crazy. We gotta have more. Cool. <laughs> 
Hey, road hey, microphones, great. if you listen to this podcast and want to sponsor yeah. it, go ahead and send <laughs> us your stuff. We love your mixer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um uh, and it'll it, it'll take a sponsorship for me for me to mention the model of the mixer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> wow, you have leverage on that I one. Have leverage. Yeah, uh, they're just they're gonna... dying, dying to get <laughs> advertised on the gentleman's <laughs> podcast. They're like, say the name, <laughs> say the name. Um, yeah. So if you want to engage with us during the week and help support the show, go ahead and give us a follow on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and, uh, if you're not subscribed, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on YouTube and hit that notification bell to know when, uh, our videos go up. Also, um, Go ahead and if you want to support the show and want to be a part of it, send us an email, write us a review on iTunes for a chance to be featured on the show. How else can people support us, Donovan? Well, you can like us on uh, all platforms of social media, uh, and then you can go to our website and you can buy merch. Uh, We've got a lot of good merch out there, and Father's Day is coming up. Uh, speaking of which, we will also have a review of certain products for Father's Day coming up as well. So tune in yeah. for that. Um, and then on top of that, you can also find us on our Patreon, which I don't think you've mentioned yet, have you? I have not, no. I've had too much whiskey. My memory's <laughs> going. Um, no, uh, you can find us on our Patreon. And uh, in that case, you would uh, go ahead and uh, you know throw us what you can, you know, it's, it's always, uh, it's a pleasure to serve you, but, uh, you know, if you can, uh, contribute, it makes it a little bit easier and, uh, you can get our video feed for the podcast earlier yeah. than everybody else. So you join a very special club in which you can see Jordan's beautiful shirt yes. and, uh, what, uh, George, uh, looks like earlier than uh than everybody else so you'll see it on friday instead of monday exactly so um go ahead and join that and also we've got a giveaway on our instagram link in the show notes uh giving away garden of bali aftershave uh, courtesy (laughs) that that sounds like we should name your shirt garden of bali Bali. yeah that's why it looks very looks very uh looks Looks thematically correct, yes. Um, uh, courtesy of Phoenix Shaving, of course, go ahead and give them uh, a, a follow or a like or check out their website at gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave. Anything you purchase through them will help support our show. Um, Donovan, you are a gentleman in a scofflaw, my friend. And there's very little whiskey in this glass, but I will raise it to you to say that you are a scofflaw and a gentleman. Thank you, my friend, and you guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!